Hark! I bring unto you good news of great joy. Unto you is born sensory overload. I'm Santa Claus. I'm Mrs. Claus. <laughs> Happy holidays, everyone. If you want to write a letter to jolly old St. Nick, you can reach us at sensoryoverloadpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com or you can go to sensoryoverloadpodcast.com. Click the Twitter feed or the Instagram to, you know, ask us for what you want for Christmas. You won't get anything from us except maybe sympathy. Yeah. Our, our real names are, are John and Allie, by the way. Sorry to spoil things if, if you didn't know that. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, this is a disappointment that echoes my uh, eight-year-old self. Well, anyway, moving on. Uh, yes, we're going to talk some about a, a potpourri of things this, you know, this time around. We have sort of a... Not so much a topic in mind as a sort of feeling in mind. Uh, and I guess we'll start off by uh, discussing a thing that happened to us in the last month, which is uh, we're not going to put our child on blast, but we'll just say that there that was it wasn't, some naughtiness. There was some naughtiness at there school. There was some melting down. And it wasn't, I mean, it's not great, but again, it's not so bad that you need to hear a funny story about it. And we can uh, refrain from the details and just say that our child uh, was naughty and was accidentally observed by many teachers the principal everybody just happened to be in the same room at the same time they weren't there for her they were just all there to observe different observe people or, or inside this room say yeah. hi or you know whatever or pass a message to somebody and they all got to witness uh this spectacular incident and uh so we got called by literally by the principal <laughs> Yeah, no, called. by the by the principal and hey, can we have a, a quick meeting by her teacher? So it's always it, and so immediately when I saw all that, I was like, I just had this feeling of man, I'm in trouble again. <laughs> uh, God damn it, we're in trouble again. Look, I mean, obviously, when we talk about Bethany getting in trouble or melting down, she's a child. We do not blame her. We are trying to give her the tools so that she can be yes, you know, um, a a calmer individual and so she can do her do her studies and all of that stuff but she is a child so obviously like there are things that all of the adults that are that are trying to help her including us are not getting and therefore we are landing in meltdown land so just for the record we are not blaming the small disabled child for this stuff but it is this feeling of like no matter what the teachers and everybody tell us, it's still this feeling when that happens of like, I'm in trouble again. <laughs> yes. We have, we have once again, let everybody down, including our kid. And it's not an awesome feeling as I'm sure most of you who uh, have uh, a special needs child could probably relate. I, it's, you know, you just get that feeling of like, Oh, what did I do now? Every time I try something, it seems to go wrong, which, which to me is actually kind of a nice, you know, realization to have because I'm like, I'm sure on some level, whether, you know, consciously or unconsciously, our child feels that too. It's like, what happened now? What did I do? What what did I do now? You know, it's like, why am I in trouble again? You all said something I didn't understand and I reacted and now I'm in trouble. You know what I mean? Partly we wanted to bring it up to, to say, you know, like, we relate if you feel that way too you are not alone but also i think the big thing to remember is that when those things happen it's like okay you it means you have to keep having the gumption up to try to keep problem solving and keep trying to understand you know like why is that happening um and just keep trying different things because i think it's so understandably easy to 
to give in yeah. to despair or to feel overwhelmed and some days you, i just don't have the gumption to like try to keep problem solving and i just am like forget it i'm doing <laughs> other things or whatever well we've said it a bunch of times i mean we are in a nice spot with bethany now this was used to be just our daily existence for you know all time and now it's sort of like sometimes she goes in waves and you know she because of her particular brand of OCD or autism or however you want to uh, say it, it she tends to fixate on things so when she unfortunately experiences a behavior sometimes she unfortunately fixates on it whether she wants to or not yeah and she gets like caught in a loop and so but we have seen as we've said before we've seen so much progress from her and we've seen so many doors open and we've seen so much from her that we know that like well okay all we have to do is just work the problem and eventually she will work her way through this and you know she'll probably find another problem because that's kids and you know that's how this works but it is nice for us to be able to say well this too shall probably pass we're just gonna have to really dig in for a while which sucks because you don't you know nobody wants to be actively working on their kid 24 7 you know no but some people don't have that. I is is kind of my point. Is like we've we've seen the results and we've you know been able to say over time that like well if you you know work the problem this is what we find happens. But we do know that a lot of times people work the problem and it doesn't necessarily have the same results. Yeah, I mean, I think um, what I, we won't go into specifics because that would be a massive. Um, violation of personal space but we i saw this we both saw this post on one of our facebook groups uh recently and it was basically talking about this idea of this woman was obviously in very deep despair and and really was basically talking about a feeling that i think a lot of parents have had which is this this idea of like what am i going to do about this this is never going to change and and i don't have the i don't have the like emotional ability to like face this and really help my kid right um what do i do you know and 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 it got yeah it got a little it, heated it got, it got ugly yeah we I, we weren't a part of this yeah, we were we just, just observing yeah, it but but we we saw that people would basically try the, to be helpful <laughs> well the person was like I, I i'm i'm crying out for help help me and so people would say well what about this and she'd say no that doesn't work. And then someone else would say, well, what about this? It's like, I've tried that. It doesn't work. I'm not doing it again. You know? And again, I don't know her specifics. We don't know her specifics. We don't know what she's been through. It sounds like her child is more severe than ours and, and is less communicative than ours. And I know that that is a huge, huge difference spot. Yeah. Of, well, it's a grief. It's really it like our, our child is lucky in that, you know, or we are lucky in that our child chooses to communicate with us yeah. and wants to communicate with us and wants to learn more words. There are a lot of people whose kids have chosen to stay silent for whatever reason. Either they won't or they can't speak. And it, that's such a frustration level because we know we've been there. She, you know, there was a time when Bethany was very monosyllabic and, and very uncommunicative. And it, so we understand it's it, it's tough. And if they're an older kid, which it sounds like this child was, then, it, then I imagine having lived with it for years and years would be just, you know, devastating. So understanding that and, and giving this person the space that hopefully they need on that matter, it just still seemed like she had surrendered. Yeah. And it's, and it just made us both so sad because it was like, I could understand that feeling to a certain degree. Like John is saying, it's like, we understand it, but it's also like, 
gosh, you know, just don't. <laughs> like it's it's just it's, don't. Okay, just okay. Don't be that, sad. It's that simple. No, but I think that really what it comes down to too is that it's like the idea of curing somebody with autism or always like always expecting improvement i think is also a way is is also a really unhealthy dangerous road to be going well down. yeah and, that, and again not to cast judgments on this person you know they're probably in a bad spot and, and we've seen this many many times yes. this is just a total like recent thing that we saw but it's it, we've seen it in person we've seen it yeah. online like well, it's just a the, really common thing right just the idea that like my child will never be quote unquote normal and I can't stand that idea, basically. Yeah. The, the fact that my child will never be what I want them to be. And, you know, I get that. I get that feeling because we felt that way, I, I would say, in the beginning. I think we yeah, felt closer to Yeah, there were times where we felt really, like, up against the wall like that. And it, and it still pops up here and there. I think the big thing, too, is to look at, like, what your support system is. Like, and what can you possibly improve about that? And maybe it's also time to do other things besides just focusing not just because it's a huge job. That's what I mean. It's like focusing all of your energy on your kid because sometimes that's also what the kid needs too. Is we talked about that in, you know, the last episode or two. Yeah. Well, and just the idea, and I, this is the most impossible thing to ask of a parent sometimes, but just who, accept who the child is and try not to remake them in the image you think they should be remade into. Yes. Because that, I think, looking back at our early years of autism was one of the mistakes that we made. Didn't know that we were making it. We sort of just thought of it as a thing to be corrected. And I think as time has moved on, I think, and luckily we were the ones that thought this, not her therapist, not her, you know, the good therapist. There were a few along the way that seemed to agree with that. But I think the therapist that we've had the most like connection with and seeing the most progress with are the ones who are like, no, she's fine who she is. We just need to figure out ways to accommodate each other. She needs to, you know, we need to accommodate her and her communication needs and, and, and how she can ask for things and how she can get comfortable. And she needs to accommodate us to a degree. It's like she needs to understand we're trying to help. So she needs to not be flying off the handle every time we ask her to do something she doesn't want to do you know to be a little more flexible and open yeah, yeah be a little more mutually uh accommodating and i think what we've discovered in that is that we've found this amazing kid with you know she's got a personality she's got brains she's got all the you know she's a great kid and i keep thinking to myself it's like oh it's on the one hand i i don't want her to have a hard time in life as a parent, I know that, you know, that's the sure. thing that every parent says, you know, back to, oh, I don't want my gay kid to have a tough time in life. You any know? kid that's quote unquote different. Yeah, any yeah. kid that has something different about, oh, I don't want them to have a hard time in life. Yeah, uh, I, well, I mean, I think every I think every parent is a, is always afraid that their kid, whatever their kid's differences are, means that they're going to be treated more harshly by the world. And, uh, and I mean, I feel that all the time. There's things that you see i mean from your own childhood and your own experience you see coming and you're like man and i actually said this to our therapist i'm like one of the things that makes me sad is just knowing that there's certain things in store for her and i feel like i can't provide her with armor 
yeah. the same way that you could with a neurotypical child. But the thing is, you know, even with a neurotypical child, you can provide the armor and it still is not going to help. Oh, yeah. Because that's the other thing is it's like this, if anything, um, having a kid with a disability just makes it clear to you right away that you can only do so much to protect them. And that's because that is true for every parent and child. You want so much to, you know, wrap them in bubble wrap and, and only surround them with nice people, but it's just not going to be real. So we just have to learn to kind of roll with things like that. But the other thing that this post and these kinds of these kinds of posts or these kinds of conversations that we've had over the years made me think of too is and this is going to sound maybe kind of selfish at the beginning, but I promise I'm making a point, which is which is sometimes you just go, I this is not a place to put my energy. Like there's some, you know, as soon as you kind of detect that somebody is not in a place where they're he- ready to hear or ready to be, you know, to be actually helped <laughs> in any way, back up slowly and move your, you know, your attention to somebody who does need it, who is like directly like, hey, I could use references. Hey, I need tips and is soaking them up, you know? Yeah. She's crying into the abyss and she needs somebody to just say, yeah, I know it sucks. You're right. Life, yeah. is, life is awful. What can we? What can I tell you? Uh, it's probably not going to be bad forever, but maybe it is. We can never tell. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Do you want? If you'd like, I can. You know, go outside and yell at God and say, uh, "Hey, God, life's not fair," and he'll yell back, "That's uh, not a bug. That's a feature." <laughs> yeah. So I, I. Yeah. There was something that our our daughters. Um, neurologist told us fairly early on and I, I I think this helped kind of adjust our thinking a little bit one of the things she said is that Bethany needs to learn to live with a certain level of discomfort because that's what life is that's what everybody does that's <laughs> in a nutshell you know how growing up is just learning to live with a certain level of discomfort and it just sort of put things in perspective where it's like oh yeah we are not going to be able to give her you know, an Full always, accommodated yeah. life, yeah. She's not going to have the happiest childhood that any kid ever had, probably. We try, but, I mean, she's going to be pissed sometimes. She's going to be sad. She's going to be, you know, and it's it's tough to, to know that she has to be. But it also is like, yeah, she's going to have to take some knocks, unfortunately, because that's just everybody's experience and she has to take her turn. And as and on the flip side, so do we. It would almost be easier if she just didn't give a fuck. If she's like, yeah, I yelled at you, so what? Too, well, too fucking bad for you. I always say those sorts of things would be easier right now, you know, <laughs> but it would not be easier for life. I always think, you know, like as much uh, as much um, uh, trouble or acting out or whatever it is that she's doing at this age, it means she's probably not going to be a doormat as a grown woman. And that is really ultimately more important. Give it to us. Don't let the world give it to you. Right. Well, <laughs> like, yeah. That's okay. Well, that's part of, I mean, honestly, that's part of that armor that we're talking about. That's, sometimes there's times where she resists and I'm like, yeah, I, I wish she wouldn't. But on the other hand, I'm glad she does just to show that she's not going to be necessarily rolled over in life. I like that she's not just necessarily ready to take the first thing that somebody tells her to do. And that's a complicated feeling to have because both of us came from like families where we were the like really good kids and you know we tried our best and you know got gold stars and everything so obeying our commands was something of a of a point of pride for us right and i'm on the one hand i'm like well i wish that that could be her experience but on the other hand it's like well she wasn't given the tools that 
help her with that. So I'm glad that she has sort of a self-defense system, really. That's a good point. And also, I think there have been times, I mean, in a lot of ways, following, you know, trying my best always and trying for the gold stars has been helpful to me. But in some ways, it's not been. I mean, there's been a lot of energy that I've put forth towards making other people happy at all costs that I could have been putting towards what I wanted to do. And I think that is something that, you know, she could, that she, I don't worry about with her. <laughs> you know, she's going to stick up for herself. Yes. And, you know, yeah. I mean, we might, we're, we're probably going to have to teach her the other way. We're probably going to have to be like, well, you're going to have to consider this other person's feelings also. Sure, yeah. But that, I feel like she's gotten a good start on at least. She can also, she, can, she has started to figure out that other people feel things as well. And, oh, yes. And so... Which is not always the case. I mean, yeah. sometimes you get somebody who's like, well, I don't give a shit. I don't feel it, so it's not my problem. And some of those people are not special needs, but just sociopaths. So, and they're all out there. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, we're glad that she has, has responded that the way she's responded. I mean, for the most part, it's like I see a lot of ourselves in her of course despite the you know the the non-neurotypical thing oh yeah and it's like man it you know on the one hand it's a shame that you've got to take this alternate route through life you know that you're not going to get to to see the the typical way that everybody goes on the other hand it's kind of nice to watch her get to forge a whole different path. Yeah. All these things that people talk about, like, oh, I hate it when they, you know, put grades on such a high pedestal and they're just learning to be robots and regurgitate material. It's like, well, she's sure not doing that. She doesn't, you know, no. she does not play that game. She wants to know, you know, if you're going to teach her something, you have to make her understand why she's learning it. Oh, yeah. Or she doesn't learn it. <laughs> Which is kind of wild that really that they don't that that isn't a bigger part of the educational system in general. Right. Like, I don't, I mean, I can't imagine it's just special needs kids that need that. I mean, that's just called motivation. That's the thing. <laughs> There's things that they do with her that I'm like, I wish somebody would have taught me something like this. Cause sometimes it's like, dude, that would have helped me so much to just accommodate, you know, accommodate thinking rather than just regurgitation. By the way, I do think regurgitation has its place. <laughs> I am not completely like against that. Don't because that is part of how Bethany learns things as well. It's like we say to her, "This is important to know. Learn this fact." So then, once you know it, we can then explain to you how it works. Right. That's foundation stuff. So, so yeah. I, 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 I'm not one of those. It's like ah, it's all regurgitation. You know, I'm, I'm trying not to be the guy. But it's nice that she does not have to learn for the test. You know what I mean? She is not one of those kids that they test because you know she's got other things going on. But that's great because then she's not going to be, you know, on the one hand, she's not on the track to go to Ivy League colleges right now. But on the other hand, she's like she's on a track to do something different. And it's kind of a relief. And it's kind of, you know, scary because <laughs> well, it's like, I don't know where this track goes, but it's certainly a different path, which is the path that a lot of people demand and yet will not be trying. Well, I mean, lucky for us, too. I mean, to be fair, we weren't looking for the Ivy League and stuff necessarily anyway. We were just like, let's see what our kid likes. But now knowing like that's, you know, may not be her path in itself. So it's fine, you know. <laughs> so all this long way of saying that we read that Facebook post and it really it, it hurt because we felt the pain that that person was feeling. But we also were like, I mean, we were glad that it wasn't us because it's, you know, it seems like we have not hit this level of abyss. As no, I mean, I, I think we've looked into it. <laughs> um, I, I definitely have had definitely, I think we've both had very dark moments with this, but never oh, to yes. this, but never quite to this degree and not that consistently. 
it's so hard because whenever you see uh, another parent going through a hard time, you want to give and be there for them. And then sometimes they're like a wounded animal that only wants to snap at you instead of accept the help. And it's really hard, you know, because you, again, not, I don't want to make it about me. I'm just saying if you're a parent that there that experiences that when you're trying to be helpful, you're, you're not, you know, you're not wrong or weird to feel complicated about that because of course we want to be there for each other so much and for each other's kids so much, you know, I mean, we wouldn't do this podcast if we didn't feel that way, but it's still, it can be hard sometimes because sometimes you try to, you try to give tips, you try to be there for people and it's, and you don't know if you're doing it the wrong way or if this person just isn't a place in a place to accept it or if they need a higher level of care than we, you're even aware of or yeah. what, you know? Because sometimes you're like, here, here's this drop of water you can throw at it and it's like the ocean is coming toward me. What am I going to do with this? Yeah. So I can, I can understand the grief and the pain and the uncertainty and like what do I do and not feeling you have any support you know I mean it sounded like this person and again this happens a lot where uh it seems like parents feel like they have no they don't they've tried things and they don't have anybody they can ask anymore and whatever it is you know yeah honestly it just felt like and people say a lot of things especially on social media but it seemed like this person was sort of giving up and wanted the world to know it and again that might have been dramatic just to you know get some help as a cry for help so maybe they weren't really giving up but it was it was indicative of like oh man that you know we've even in our worst moments i don't think either of us has said and and so i'm giving up on her no you know the worst moments we've ever had it's like well i don't know if i can help her the best that she needs but i'm gonna do what i can do yeah, well, and just, uh, you know, and just a reminder that I'm sure you already know, if you ever feel that dark, please reach out and keep reaching out until people help you if you can. I know that that's the hardest thing is once you are in that darker place, it's very difficult to have any bandwidth to climb out of it. But here's your monthly reminder to try to do things for yourself and take care of yourself in, in whatever way that works for you. Whatever it is that brings you some joy and fills your cup, please keep doing that because you do not want to end up in that position where you just don't have the bandwidth to ask for any help or to receive it. We've been talking a lot of gloom and doom uh, for this holiday season. There is, uh, for us, a, uh, a very bright shining spot on, on the horizon, which is Yay! Bethany just got her first vaccination. Um Yay. Her first COVID vaccination. We are vaccinating family anyway. But um, Right. Well, I mean, obviously she's been vaccinated. She's autistic, right? <laughs> oh, God. I did it. I finally <laughs> broke the vaccination seal. Woo! Yes, we vaccinated her. And, and by the way, if you've gotten this far into the show and you didn't realize that about us, then I, I'm sorry, I guess. But this may not be the podcast for you because we are pro-vaccination and uh, no, we do not believe that vaccinations cause autism. And so we are. And neither do scientists. <laughs> so we are giddy with delight that our child has uh, been approved and gotten her first COVID vaccination shot. She is about halfway to getting to the next one and, and she will be uh, vaccinated, fully vaccinated soon. And we are pleased as punch. Yeah. So we wanted to share our joy with y'all about that and also um, share uh, the variety of things that we tried to pull off successful vaccination because, yes, because of course it is not that simple for most of our kids but especially our kids you have to look at it 
again from the problem solving perspective of priming and um, rewards and that sort of stuff so basically um, Bethany has always struggled to get shots done um, like a great many of, of like kids myself. on the spectrum yeah well also I remember being a kid and they had to like chase me around the exam table and like how you know I mean it was not pretty and and so I relate but we just keep talking to her about um, how it's it only hurts for a moment uh, and what it does how much protection it gives to her how it helps the other people in her in her neighborhood in her school and the people in her life uh, and talk about that idea of this sort of identity of being like the big brave girl and uh, that she can she's done it before she can do it again it yeah. always feels the scariest right up to it and then you realize it really wasn't that big a deal it's the fear of it that's the biggest thing so well, we've talked about all that kind of stuff over the years with her and so sometimes we have a flu shot that's not that dramatic and sometimes we have one where she is screaming and crying and has to get up and then sit back down and get up and sit back down and and it was really bad for the flu shot this year for the flu shot and for the vaccination shot, we basically said, okay, so we're going to go do this thing. Afterwards, we are going to go get ice cream. You can pick out a toy because we'll be in Target, and then we'll order your favorite dinner. <laughs> but we know. laid it on super thick with the rewards, things to look forward to. I mean, maybe your kid is not motivated by special treats, you know, so whatever it is, like extra technology time or, you know, a visit to the park, whatever it is that you think will make the kid feel like there's something wonderful at the end of the whatever fi- finish bribe, line. Whatever yeah. bribery works. Absolutely. I mean, it's like, that's scary stuff when you're a little kid. It's scary as an adult for most people. Like, I'm one of those freaks who looks at the needle as it goes in. But, like, I think <laughs> most people, but, I mean, if anything, there you go. See, I used to be terrified of it, and now I'm like, I will look at it and conquer it. When it happened, you know, again, we don't, we try not to tell her lies or lies of omission or happy lies like, eh, it won't hurt. We basically were telling her, well, it's going to hurt a little bit. For know? that quick. Like, we'll kind of snap our fingers. It'll be for that long. And it, that's, luckily, it's true. Yes. I mean, <sighs> luckily, it's true. It's just that nobody wants to hurt at all. So, of course, you know, she blows up the pain in her mind to like, oh, but for that instant, I shall be in agony. And, mm. you know, the first time we did it, we had, again, she was not wanting to sit and she kept standing up and, and, and shying away from the doctor. And we finally, the way we had to sort of do it was like coax her into the chair nicely. Mom kind of held her hand on one side and I just sort of gently put my hands on her shoulders so that even if she moved, she couldn't move, but I didn't like, I wasn't squeezing. Cause, yeah. Cause we didn't want to like her to get hurt by accidentally moving during the shot or something, you know? So yeah, we didn't want her to get poked and then immediately like, throw her arm out of whack and then you know break the needle off in her arm or something stupid like that but again i was trying not to make her feel confined i was just ready in case she lifted off and we basically told her well don't look at it don't look at it and you know ali was talking to her and then they shot the needle in her arm and then she looked over at the doctor with you know surprise and then the doctor said and see it's already over and then she pulled it out or he pulled it out and then she was like oh Okay, well, now I get ice cream, right? And then she was so proud of herself that she had, you know, only taken 45 minutes to get a shot. And <laughs> so, but, but she did it. But it worked, and we were able to say, yeah, see how great that was? See how great you did it? You sat and got it, pretended that, you know, the pre-45 minutes hadn't happened. So that when it came to time to get her vaccination, we had a little bit of like, oh, I don't know, I don't want to, I don't want But she eventually sat down when she was supposed to sit down. She had a little bit of cringy like oh i don't want to do this i don't want to do this but she then when we said okay it's going to happen it'll be very quick and then we can get our thing and we can leave and so she just 
turned her head. The doctor poked her. Turned her head, closed her eyes. Yes, turned her head, closed her eyes. The doctor poked her. And and then the doctor also was nice enough to say, and now it's over. And, you know, luckily Bethany was like, oh, I know what that means. So it was nice to see that it was like, okay, maybe there will be more and more of that. Like, I'm hoping with the second shot that she'll be even... You know, that it'll be similar. Part of, I think, what helped, unfortunately, <laughs> is because we saw this family right, go right before us. And literally, the little boy was so upset that oh, he, was... he, he had gotten his shot already. And he was still screaming and crying. And his dad had to carry him to the other side of the store. It was at the pharmacy. And um, and he was screaming, get me out of here. Get, get me, me out, out of here. here. So I think there's a bunch of those different things that you can keep in mind when you're sort of priming your kid for the vaccine. Uh, and also just to reassure you, at least in our home and from what other we've heard from other parent friends, she had a little bit of a sore arm the day after. That was it. Dude, every single time I have now had three shots. I've had my two and now a booster and it knocks me on my ass every yeah, time. Every too. time for like two, three days. Me too. And she just is like, yeah, whatever powers through well you know she's 10 so she's tougher but i think there's also you know but i think it's it's just it, it can be hard to um watch your child be scared and to be in any amount of pain but i think there's also something where it's like dude us special needs parents we are used to having to guide our kids with that stuff oh all over the place and so it's like to me it's like yeah it sucks to see that and to have to think of all these extra steps in order to pull off the vaccine but she needs it she needs that extra protection that's my job as her mother is to make sure that i suck it up through that hard moment and do it yeah you know and again we ain't new to this this is like a, a, a shot a single vaccine shot that goes in and out we've had to hold her down for blood tests we've had to <laughs> check into a hospital overnight to get an ekg because they were afraid there was the minute possibility she might be having seizures in her sleep and she and and she had to sleep with these wires and diodes all over her head all night. And we had to keep her like calm and staying in bed all night with these things coming out of her head like Medusa. And so, I mean, a single shot that is over, you know, in, in, in a relatively short amount of time. I mean, that's like, I mean, come on now. You, you guys got this. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. And not to diminish anyone's experience, because obviously it's really, it really sucks. And, and for some families, they have to go back many times to pull it off. Right. And kudos for your tenacity and doing the right thing. I think that's wonderful. But I, I think it's also like why we wanted to kind of mention a bunch of different things that we tried. But also I wanted to say for those of y'all who are having a hard time getting this done and one uh, in one go is thinking about the idea of, of priming through desensitization, which is a scary word for trying things a bunch of times in a pretend way so that they're not so scared when the real thing actually happens. So luckily for us, our kid is already obsessed with doctors and nurses and, and all things medical. So she practices getting shots, giving shots, getting medical exams, all this stuff, going to the dentist. And a lot of that is stuff that we did practice with her when she was littler and now is like kind of a coping mechanism and slash fascination. So, you know, practice all the steps of it, you know, like use yeah. a little pretend kiddo shot thing or, you know, see if, if you're going to get it done at the doctor's office, see if they'll let you come in and get a pretend one just so they learn all the steps of it. You know, thinking about those kinds of things, it's, it's like folks who do that to teach a kid how to go on an airplane. You know, I don't 
don't know what they're offering these days because of COVID protocols, but it's stuff like that. It's like giving, giving the kiddo an opportunity in a safe space, like in their home or their ABA clinic, things like that, their OT clinic, so that they can practice these steps. And it feels a little less scary, at least to them so that, you, you know, you can hopefully pull it off. And, and believe me, I get it. Sometimes you just have to hold your kid down to get the shot done. Oh, she's into the routine and we still had to hold her down a little bit, but I mean, but a little bit, I think the other thing too, is as much as possible, they do say like, try to avoid that because you don't want them to like, see the whole thing as a traumatic experience. But sometimes you just got to do what you got to do to get the kid what they need. And also, you know, um, talk to them about other things while that's trying to happen. You know, think about things that are like their favorite jokes, let them look at the iPad, you know, whatever it is, hold a, hold a favorite stuffed animal. All, you know, all of those things that you've used, you know, during like, you know, big group family dinners or whatever you have to work through for Thanksgiving. It's the same stuff, I think, that will also help your kid with getting the COVID vaccine or the flu vaccine. For those of you out there, there are a a number of people whose kids will not submit. And this is supposed to be where, you know, not everybody having to get vaccinated comes into play. It's like there's supposed to be an amount of people who shouldn't have to worry about it because of things exactly like this. And we understand that that may be you (laughs) or your child so we're not saying you know if you don't get the vaccine you're an asshole we understand why it's just it's unfortunate that not enough people who could do it are doing it so unfortunately there's not this you know protection that they could have otherwise so yeah so so we're saying we get that part i I mean there is a certain amount of people who just like unless they're sedated you're not going to get a vaccine shot in them so yeah but i i mean i think that's absolutely true and really fair to bring up that's why everybody else needs to get it even those kids that will need you know uh some priming and training and all that stuff to get there because it is everybody's responsibility to try to protect themselves and the most vulnerable which is some of the people in our community who can't get it so i think that's um really good to you know just to try your very best and if you really can't then you really can't but that's also why all the grown-ups should get it too. Oh, also random like little victory. I want to state uh, about the holidays. Cause I know we're going to wrap up here soon is that, um, this we've talked about this before this idea that it's like it was almost kind of a bummer that our kid wasn't greedier about christmas like that she <laughs> didn't tend to tell us too much of what she wanted we'd really have to pull something out of her this year i did my annual do you want to look at a catalog or something to get some ideas for christmas gifts not expecting her to care okay she sat there and looked at look, looked and said i would like that yes oh i would like that too Oh, and you know what I, oh, yes, I really like that. And then figured out that like one of the things was something she really wanted and kept, has, has since brought it up many times. Oh. And so I was like, well, that's really cool because again, it's not that I need her to be like everybody else and be like a greedy capitalist, but it was like, it was nice that she was thinking of something that she thought would make her happy, that she would enjoy and then communicated that and remembered it enough and felt confident enough to re-communicate that. Because again, it's like, we, she doesn't need to be like everybody else and, and want to, you know, 50 things. It's just that, that thing where she's valuing her own sort of pleasure and happiness right. and communicating that to us. So that was pretty cool. It's part of another trend we're seeing in her where we tell her details of things. For example, she's on Thanksgiving break right now and uh, she kept every day several times a day sometimes she'd be like she would come up to one of us and say but next week is thanksgiving break right (laughs) yeah like she wanted assurances and after a while we were like okay you need to stop asking but (laughs) but you know she was 
checking to make sure, which is like, okay, that's again, that's communication. It's like she, when she thought about it, she's like, hmm, is there a, you know, what's the loophole here? I mean, they're not going to let me just have a full week off, right? And she kept coming up, and instead of just flying off the handle, uh, you know, seemingly out of nowhere, she would come up and express her concern of something, and we'd be like, oh no, it's it's happening. She'd be, like, oh okay, good. But then we also, like, she asked so many times that then I started making jokes with her about it, which she then took well. So she would be like, part of what she would check on is like, and there's not going to be any homework. And I was like, there's not going to be any homework. And so she kept asking. And finally, I was like, oh, man, there's going to be tons, like such a thick packet. (laughs) She was like, ha. She looked at me for a second and then went, ha ha, joking. You're very funny. Like, say you're joking. And then waiting for her to confirm. And <laughs> but Allie she was didn't like, slip out. She just said, you know, you're very funny. And I was like, I am kidding. Well, she's starting to get sarcasm, which is, you know. Well, she has to for survival well, in our Yes. Family. I mean, that was one of the things that we were <laughs> grieving when she was, you know, little. And we found out, she, you know, we, if she got her diagnosis. We were like, oh, man, we're not going to be able to be sarcastic with our kid. What? Are, what's? I don't what's, know how to talk like that. What's the point of life then? We're Gen <laughs> X. We don't have any other language besides sarcasm. And, and luckily she has picked up that when mommy and daddy speak a certain way that, you know, we're being sarcastic. So we try not to be. Uh, abusive of that we, right we make like big faces when we're doing it and stuff so that it's like she knows her little cues and stuff and and also like there's we do it over usually do it only over certain topics and so she yes. knows that we're joking around yeah we try not to do it when we really want her to know we're serious about a thing but yeah it's it's nice to see that she's you know uh figured out our love language too <laughs> so yes it can happen to you too folks sarcasm can be a part of your life too ask us how <laughs> see sarcasm <laughs> it's not the holidays without sensory overload folks if you want to write us you can write us at sensory overload podcast at gmail.com or you can go to sensory overload and click on our many social media sites instagram twitter facebook come join the conversation send us songs there's your challenge send us a song Send us little recordings of you and your kids making goofy songs. I want those. That's my holiday wish. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, the holidays are already ruined.